So we're talking about our sponsor this month, Feature Upvote. Once again, we're kind of trying a new format. I had a call with Steve, the founder of Feature Upvote, and we uh, we talked about what could be a fun way to kind of do this special episode about Feature Upvote. I had an idea and, and Steve liked it. And I was basically, because Steve is like a very like traditionally like bootstrapped founder. He hasn't raised any money. He has like a very indie mindset. He looks like a lot of our listeners. So I thought it would make a lot of sense if he was up for it to basically have some questions or challenges that he was going through and then we could talk about them and give our five cents about them and just kind of help steve think through some of these things he's a he's a solo founder and he listens to the podcast as well i thought that would probably make some some interesting content for everyone not just steve we'll talk about a few things such as pricing positioning some some stuff that i think every bootstrap business will probably have to think about eventually on their journey are you up for it matt i am Let's do it. Cool. The first thing that Steve kind of wanted our take on was his pricing. He's opted for a pretty simple pricing model. If you look on the feature upvote pricing page, there's just one price. There's a standard price and it's $99 a month. And then there's like the standard 20% discount if you pick a yearly plan. And then there's an enterprise contact us kind of situation going on. Yeah. And one of the things that Steve has been thinking about is just, is this too simple? Is he missing out because he doesn't have tiers? Like we really recently added tiers to reform and it, it it i mean it does add some expansion revenue because it's more fine-grained i guess um but obviously like it's also nice to have simple pricing that's just very easy to understand actually he also did share that he does have a secret uh, bootstrapper a startup price or bootstrapper price somewhere that people i don't know how they find it if they search for it but it's like oh actually it's it's in the faq uh, do you have a pricing plan for bootstrappers indie hackers or indie game developers and then there's a link nice. to another page where you get a special price so uh, people just found out about that now here and that is driving revenue as well people are finding that page and signing up for it so yeah cool. that's kind of the situation what's your immediate thoughts on single price versus tiers so he definitely has he has a pricing model. $99 per board per month will sort of generate a lot of different prices just depending on how many boards somebody has. So in some sense, it's sort of like saying it's, you know, Notion is $8 per user per month or enterprise. And I guess it's like saying there's no $12 mm. a month per user version. That simplicity can be, f that's fine. Typically, once as you mature, having multiple plans is better because you figure out what people really need. You, you create plans that are more specific for them. I think my immediate question as a user was, it's hard for me to know how many boards I need. Like it's hard for me to sort of immediately no, if one is enough, if two is enough. I wish something maybe farther up here explained to me that best practice or generally speaking, most customers have one board per product, one board per roadmap, per team. I don't really know how to map a board to my existing business. What's the use case for a board? So like with the Slack communication tool, it's really easy to know. Well, one user gets to chat. So I, I understand the unit of value. The unit of value on boards and Trust me, I know I'm coming from like a boards-centric app myself. That's what we build. It can be tricky to communicate that back to the user in terms they understand. So I think some clue here up high that typically one board per product is recommended or something would be nice. I think that's a really good point. But yeah, it is It is actually usage-based pricing, isn't it? It's not a single price, <laughs> Steve was saying. He has one pricing model, but he has unlimited prices and he's advertising the cheapest one. 
which is $99. Right. And in his pricing table, he has like a tooltip for each thing in, mm. included in the plan. Like yeah. when it says unlimited contributors, there's an explanation about what a contributor is. And yeah. I think it'd be neat if he had the same thing for a board. That would be really useful. Then it could say a board is something used to organize X for a product, a whatever. Yeah. yeah. Feature upvote is, Steve told me, is doing solid five-figure MRR. Cool. Nice. Do you think he's at a, at a point in time where it makes sense for him to try to tweak this? In terms of the pricing page? Yeah. You think that's where his leverage is right now? I, I look at what we just said as a tiny optimization that's going to just help some percentage of people buy. I don't know what his growth is like. Uh, I, so I know where he's at, but obviously you could be growing fast or slow or et cetera. I have thoughts on sort of the positioning of the product, which I think is interesting based on the Wayback Machine. Yeah, I think we can move on to positioning and I, I can kind of give you some background. Cool. In terms of positioning, Steve is not trying to position a feature upvote as an affordable option or like a simple tool. He's His focus, he told me, is on, on trust. You know, having good logos and stuff on the website. And, and they he, he told me that they had an actual lawyer like craft a good GDPR policy because it's something their, their customers might care about. They put their address everywhere so you can find it easily on the website and company name and stuff like that. Yeah. That's definitely like his main focus like in in terms of positioning he did ask me if we were up for doing sort of like a tear down of his website and the positioning yeah i'll tell you what i discovered through the wayback machine which i thought was really interesting so if you go back to 20 i went back to 2017 five which, years um, yeah by the way congrats five years and still growing and at five figure mrr is it's amazing it's great uh, accomplishment if i go back though to 2017 and i'm going to try to bring this page up again it said let your customers build your roadmap that was the earliest one i found allow your customers to openly suggest and upvote improvements they want in your product and then compare that to the h1 now fed up with feedback coming from 10 different places question mark centralize your feedback in one online board users add this directly quickly surface the most valuable product ideas that's a shift in positioning can i from... can i add one like data point because i have the 2019 one which is kind of in the middle of the two yeah go ahead <laughs> and that says consolidate and vote on product feedback surface the best ideas which i think was like maybe as an enterprise uh period or something like that yeah it's it's like a tween period because he went from a pretty strategic stance of let your customers build your roadmap and now it's coming across more as a as an aggregation tool like a communications mm. pain solver explain like, fed up with feedback coming from 10 different places for what it's worth yeah i'm gonna play a little bit skeptic or devil's advocate with the h1 today which has been the same since roughly 2019 fed up with feedback coming from 10 different places for what it's worth when i read that it strikes me as less strategically valuable than the first h1 back in 2017 which was let your customers build your roadmap. I have theories on why that might have evolved, and so I'm not trying to uh, necessarily criticize that. But with current framing, I think feedback's always going to come from 10 different places. I don't think he's saying that that's not going to happen. But then the H2 says centralize your feedback in one online board. I don't actually know what the product does completely, like if it solves this. But what's difficult for me is just the fact that I get DM'd feedback, I get uh, emailed feedback, I get intercom, like it comes from, it does come from 10 different places. And I feel like with omni-channel customer interaction, that's always gonna be the case. Right? Is he solving, I guess what this is, what isn't clear to me, maybe I'll put myself in the prospect's shoes is, is he trying to suggest that if I get this product, customers are gonna stop giving it to me in all these different places? <laughs> Or is it going to be easy for me to somehow route it all to one place 
and keep it organized, that's different. I'm really skeptical that customers are gonna stop behaving the way they are because why would they? You know, they're, they, don't, they don't have to. I think that you could help me, you know, if you could give me sort of a routing solution where things just all funneled to the same place, like that would be really cool. Uh, but I'm not sure if that's what it does either. So it's more concrete than the H1 in 2017. I'm less sure of the value, whereas letting customers influence my roadmap. Yeah, it's complete, two completely different. much more strategically valuable. It's two completely different uh, yeah. value points, right? Yeah, very different positions. One is about receiving feedback. That's the current one. And one is about letting customers give their opinion on that feedback and also like react to other customers' feedback. Yeah. Again, it's 2022 instead of 2019. I feel like, you know, I could think of maybe five or 10 champion customers like most valuable customers who I want to have that influential position. I could imagine a tool that solves for letting me have those five or 10 people be highly influential and like provide more white glove interactions with my product roadmap. That's a very different product though than some kind of feedback funnel or maybe some kind of panacea that says customers are gonna stop sending stuff from all over the place. So maybe a little bit of confusion on one hand and a little bit of doubt on the other. Yeah, I will say we have these forms kind of like scattered within our product where people can share feedback and join wait lists and, you know, kind of basically vote on features they want. It has increased the amount of, you know, structured data we get about feature requests. And I think the website could say more about that. Steve would know better than me because I only have one example. But if he has more examples, like that would be a nice thing to put on the website. Our experience <laughs> shows that by having a way for people to add feature requests, they don't email you or they don't DM you on Twitter about it. Yeah. And, and I think what I also have is a little bit of feet. I have a little bit of product fatigue in the product management area in general, mostly with trying to figure out how this yet another tool integrates with or plays into my other product management tools. So I use Linear right now. And what's not clear to me, speaking of positioning where integrations are that constellation that help you position a product. I would love to know where feature upvote fits. Can this thing create linear issues somehow? Does this thing integrate with intercom? Both maybe? Like if I could get that, then it's really competing. So we use a tool called, you know, we use a different tool right now called Acute, which I think is similar, but maybe this is better, but I know it integrates with intercom and I, it doesn't integrate with linear, at least not that I know of. So anyway, I, I would encourage maybe more on here with regards to product management solution integrations. Um, so I could position it better. I think it's interesting the point you brought up with, or you 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 kind of teased that you had thoughts about why he changed that early positioning of letting customers build your roadmap. And I can't help thinking that if I if I'm kind of thinking about like you know product people I look up to and have in the past yeah, five years where feature upload has been around, a lot of those people don't want their customers to build their roadmap. Mm. And but still on on the on the today version of the page, there's a segment that says get feedback from everyone. And I'm kind of thinking, uh, I kind of don't want feedback from everyone, <laughs> at least. Yeah. Well, maybe I do, but then I want to make sure that I kind of have a good way of like filtering it. Yeah, we, we all know, though, that customers, like, we don't want them to build our roadmap and so maybe that was wrong. And we don't want them to decide our priorities. We know that's wrong. But we do want, their, we do want them to help us shape <laughs> our product. And we do need to incorporate their feedback. So you could address, if you wanted to sort of pick up on the modern parlance, right? You could talk about shaping and you could talk about influencing your roadmap and involving them in engagement. So there's probably words. My hypothesis or theory was like, maybe it's less strategic. And the product is called feature upvote, which we haven't really talked about. That's very concrete. It's also very limiting. It's very clear, <laughs> but it's also very limiting in scope, right? 
And so if you were going to evolve this to be maybe more strategic, but still finding a place in a world that has tons of product tools, I could see it being more of a, how do you engage your best customers on an ongoing basis to synthesize their feedback and make sure that they know they're being listened to and heard? That's not necessarily a solved problem by intercom or linear or other tools, right? His H1 right now is sort of a negative vibe, fed up with feedback coming from 10 different places. And it's not really it's not really a pain I have. As you said, like I don't really believe that it's going to completely remove that problem. But if it was something more positive, like I, I want to know what my customers are thinking about the product and what they're missing in the product. That's what I want to know. And that would be amazing to know. I yeah. think I would maybe consider trying something more positive that's more like aspirational or exciting. <laughs> yeah, you could like bring the customer's voice or bring the voice of the customer into your product planning. Because if you end you up know, thinking fed up with like, feedback coming from 10 different places and that's when you, that's the before and then the after is now you only get feedback from seven different places. That's not really super exciting. <laughs> yeah, the progress you're trying to make, right, is that you are not incorporating enough of your customer's feedback into your product planning and shaping in theory. Where you want to get to is where you are on an ongoing basis. You have a better process for incorporating or, or bringing in your customer's voice into that product management practice. Yeah. How you achieve that, it could be 10 places still or seven, it doesn't matter. But if you can help me get there and delight those best customers, you know, now you're talking about early access to remembering who to give early access to features to or reminding people that hey, we heard you, here's the feature now. Like there's just a lot of places you can go with that, but congrats on getting it to where it is. This is all just constructive, hopefully. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I know it's a great product and uh, a lot of great companies are using it. So now we kind of know more about kind of where Steve has positioned the product in the in the world. Let's talk a bit about competition. Steve, he's, mm. this was his own words. He was like, it's it's a simple product. You know, it's like six database tables, he said. And mm. it, it makes sense. Like it's, it's very much a crowd thing, right? It's getting some data in from users and then, you know, adding some some votes and then looking at that that that, that data again. It's like it's, there's not a lot of like complicated stuff going on in the background necessarily. And Steve mentioned that it's like, you know, someone learns how to program Rails <laughs> and they're like, okay, let's do one of those apps. So they get a lot of competition all the time, <laughs> a lot of new players in this space. Normally he doesn't pay much attention to the competition. He did say that when like people bid on his brand on Google, it kind of oh, it kind of has an yeah. emotional aspect. You know, he's he hmm. doesn't feel good about that. The big old competitor in this space for him is user voice and then the new upcoming oh, yeah. player is canny and he said that he so far he's kind of been ignoring them i have the same thing with reform like the the competitors that are kind of at our level i don't talk about i only go after the big players basically yeah it's there's a lot going on and he feels like it's just a really competitive space and that's something he's kind of thinking about quite a lot it's not really a question yeah i know i that makes sense i think in that kind of space you have to be you, you do have to pay attention. You have to have sort of that peripheral view, at least, even though, you, you know, you don't want to be obsessed with it, but you have to keep checking because, yeah, I go to, if I go to some of these other web pages, I would say that, you know, they're a fresher coat of paint because they're newer, right? That doesn't hurt to invest in, right? Just to make sure you don't look like the old product. Don't look old. <laughs> you know, that's relatively inexpensive, but, you know, not bad. And then there's just some good stuff that some of them are doing. I, I looked at one... And it didn't have it, but Candy, for example, does have integrations, you know, right on the homepage. And so I know 
where it fits. Again, I think the positioning is a little bit, yeah, keeping an eye on those things and then competing and focusing on where you have an unfair advantage. Like, what is it that you know because you've been at this for five years that they don't? And why does that mean your product's better? You know, that should be obvious to your visitors. Yeah, one thing he is doing on his website, if you click why feature upvote in the top menu, the number one page is his about page. And that's something that he he brought up himself that they they have like a kind of like non-traditional about page. It's very mm-hmm. uh, value-based. Uh, it says, about us, we're stable, self-funded, and low-stress. Feature Upward was created mm. in 2017 by the Bobbery software team. It's since become our main focus. Feature Upward is the rare software product, one that we love working on and that our customers enjoy using. And then the headlines are, we're profitable and self-funded. We're serious about being low-stress. We use Feature Upvote ourselves. I think that's one place where he's kind of taken a, a stand. If that's resonating with people, I think he, that's the yeah, question. I, it depends. Ambition always plays. I come back to this again and again. Ambition always comes in and values and ambition are very closely related. I think about us, that makes sense. I think why Feature Upvote and then leading with low stress doesn't make sense because that doesn't help me choose Feature Upvote. That doesn't help me make progress. Like the fact that they're low stress how does it make it like how does that help me make progress in wanting to incorporate the customer into my product planning like uh selfishly it doesn't right so you need to somehow get me to care about that core value maybe this just needs to be sort of pivoted a little bit where your customer feedback and how your customers see or interact with you needs to be stable. It needs to be in for the long run. It needs to not be changing all the time. Once your customers learn how to do it, you don't want to ever have to change that. So like you could appeal to the value that that gives me as the consumer. Yeah, because that is the main point is that they're in for the long term. Exactly. But I think it's like the second sentence in the fourth sort of paragraph of text on this page. It doesn't sing. Yeah. Let's put it that way. So I would try to make this sing more for what's in it for your customer, not how it's great to run a low stress business. I don't care that you're self-funded. Like this debate is endless, but like a funded company could actually say a lot of these same things. We run a, you know, we're, we're low stress, we're funded, but we're low stress. We've got five years of runway thanks to our funding, et cetera, et cetera. Like you can run a business that way. So I think um, in a competitive space, the other thing maybe he needs to answer here is like, maybe he's okay being second, third, fourth, or fifth place, right? that's acceptable to him. Like we're not going to be the mark. We're okay with not chasing after being the market leader because we think it's more valuable to be here for the long run. So we're building a sustainable business, right? We're not chasing the next thing. Yeah. There's, there's another page called the feature upvote way that is only linked in the footer. I think I like that page a lot more. Oh yeah. That's much more, that's more in line with what you're asking for. This feels like why. Yeah. This should almost be on the, on the homepage. (laughs) Yeah, why feature upvote? Your data as well yours. About us feels more like the why should you work for us if we're hiring right. kind of pitch. This is the why you should choose us. That's a really uh, good point. To be the interface to your customers, right? Yeah, and on the one page yeah. he's selling the company, that's interesting to employees, potential acquirers or partners, integrations, and the other is probably more towards the the customers yeah and i think overall like even this page it's just a little plain yeah it's not doing much for me from getting me excited about using this product no say. It's, but it, it has very, the potential very perfunctory. I think. it has the potential i mean the meat the contents are fantastic yeah. but i think each of these sort of bullets or numbers could have a little piece of artwork could have some color 
could really sell me on the feeling I get doing business with this company, which is again why why people have chosen Wildbit. I think is a great example right. of a company that does this well. You know, Wildbit has that same philosophy, and they you know wrapped all their products in that. But if you look at the you know if you look at their pages, they're just gorgeous, and it makes you feel like you're making the right choice. <laughs> this company has taste. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the about us page is fine. Like for it, when if if for the people that actually do worry about these things, like because I'm sure there are people that that truly worry about who their vendors are. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. it should be available for people to find it and maybe have a video or something like that, or like just like something more like exciting. But then this uh, the feature upvote way should be like what you talk about all over the place. I I, I agree. Uh, you know, then I'm telling my team internally, we're going to choose this one because it has the same features, but the interface we have with our customers, we want that to be stable. You know, yeah. we don't want that to be changing. So uh, yeah, a lot of potential. And I mean, obviously it's a big quote unquote niche. So plenty of opportunities still. Yeah. So cool. one final thing I kind of want to talk about. Do you, do you remember talking to Steve on Twitter and DMs? Because he told me you have. I do. I I remember his. It's funny. I remember his name, his avatar, and the and the company he worked for. I don't remember what we talked about, but I do remember interacting. Well, he told me because you. It was one of your <laughs> tweets where you said people could DM you if you ha- they had sales question, and uh, oh, he yeah. took you up on it. Okay. What he told me was you helped him craft like an email or sales email that he's using now, and it's working. And he told me, awesome. and how I, I I asked him if I was allowed to say this on the podcast, but he told me. Cool. That he used that email to get uh, Penguin Random House as a customer. And that logo is on the website now. And he also got another uh, very big American (laughs) company that is not public yet. So we can't say who they are. But he used that email. That's (laughs) awesome. That is awesome. I, as you know, I can't help myself. Uh, When it comes to sales and enterprise sales help, I just, as a day in, day out job, not really, but as a pinch hitter, I'm kind of addicted to just jumping into <laughs> to these social engineering problems. So yeah, so I kind of want to know what what the sales advice you gave him was because the, so yeah, how do you solve I, basically a product like this? I guess or I'm gonna find it. He pings me. Okay, <laughs> he got he got a question that said we're interested in your platform to gather input from our community and uh, to let people vote. He said he wants to create a standardist response. How should I reply? I said hi blank. Thanks for your interest in future upvote. I'd love to learn more about your requirements for using it as a platform to gather and prioritize community feedback. Can we find just 20 minutes in your calendar for a brief call? X, comma, Steve. I would say use the call to tease out the user's stories as much in as much detail as possible. The tone of the call should be, this might be possible with one of our standard plans, but I'm curious how you would want to control who is allowed to vote and post, etc. So I was helping him figure out his enterprise. So basically, yeah, that's what I gave him. I gave him a three-paragraph response to inbound enterprise interest. Uh, where the ask is, obviously, we need to talk about this. It'll only take 20 minutes. Let me know when you're available. So it's cool. Good to know it works. Pretty pretty simple. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure Steve is uh, stoked about having that email in his uh, enterprise arsenal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's great. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I happy. think that's all we got for feature upload. And uh, I hope cool. people will, this is fun. will try out Steve's great product. 